Outside the Box, second take. Thank you so much for joining us this season. You've been able to connect with absolute leaders, influencers, people are doing awesome entrepreneurship in our community. That's the whole point of the podcast. We're here to amplify. I'm so excited today because you're going to get to know two people that absolutely work with their hearts. Corazón. Yes, it's important when you're going on that journey and you're trying to take that next step, whether it's in faith-based missions, whether it's in business, whether it's in your own profession, it's so important. And you're going to get to know these two people that listened to a dream, a vision, and went off faith. We'll be right back with both of them. Make sure to subscribe to Outside the Box Second Take on Spotify. Yeah, no, my my name is Randall and my husband Dave and I, we are starting a new church in Los Angeles. And so we actually been coming to this coffee shop called Awesome Coffee and connected with the owner and he's allowing us to have startup parties right here. And so that's that's who we are. We're a church right in this community and it's a church all about showing people the Father's heart. Welcome back. Let me introduce them. They're right next to me. I'm excited. They have such big hearts. They're pastors of a church called The Heart LA right here in Los Angeles. Randall and David, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yes, today. thanks for having us. It's an honor to be here. So for our audience who's just getting to know you both, they um, obviously heard that you're pastors of The Heart LA. Mm-hmm. Where is it located and uh, when did you launch it? Well, it's located in Mid-Wilshire, right on the main strip called Miracle Mile, right on mm-hmm. La Brea and Wilshire Boulevard. Yeah, and we launched on September 12th of this year, 2021. 11 so, weeks ago. 11 weeks ago. Come on. <laughs> There's a reason why I brought you in. Yeah. And it's not it's not because, obviously, I love you both. You're doing amazing, and we're going to talk about it. But it's because you're right there. Mm-hmm. And that beginning part of your journey, that beginning part of your venture is what people want to hear. Because everybody hears a success story. Mm-hmm. Everybody sees the easy part, mm-hmm. which is like, look, look, I have a church, a congregation. It's huge. But rarely do they hear about this part. And I'm yeah. sure you both of you have so much to share. Uh, for our audience, 11 Weeks is a very young church, if you're not familiar <laughs> with it. Um, those are really when you learn all the trialing lessons. What's one of the lessons that you've currently learned within these last 11 weeks? Hopefully start. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that something we've been talking about is the struggle in the middle where, you know, it's not exciting anymore. Like the dream and the first starting has worn off. And but the end is nowhere in sight where you're in the middle. And a lot of people go through that season. And so the in the middle is what we're learning right now. Like, how do you act in the middle? How do you still keep your culture of an organization while you're in the middle when there's struggles? basically to keep rowing when you're in the middle of the lake. And so we've just been seeing God move even when it's hard. We just continue to be faithful. And so I just think the journey leading up we said we like went through this extremely hard season just to get to the starting line, right? Like September 12th was our first day, but we had been working at this dream for three years before we ever did that. And so I think the the major lesson of just the keep going and the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Like the, just the stick-to-itiveness yeah. of it. Um, that's something we've been, we knew it, but you get to learn it in a whole new way, so... Well, for me, I think something we've learned, and, and someone gave us some great advice. They said, when you launch, you, you launch with this heart of being generous. Mm, yeah. So you don't wait to a year into your church to decide, hey, it's time for us to start giving back. From the beginning, we set our culture 
at our church to be a generous church. We wanted our people to know that they're generous. So right when we opened, we just started giving back. We said we're gonna love, we're gonna support this missionary, we're gonna support that organization, and just in fact, just this week we supported uh, Franklin Graham's uh, one of his ministry called uh, Samaritan's Purse. So we had a uh, packing boxes at our church, and then we had a, we were a drop off center in the L.A. area because it, in the entire L.A. there is nobody that has an area to actually drop off boxes. So people were coming from Mar Vista, from West Hollywood. Um, from all over the place to drop off uh, boxes for kids in the, in the neighborhood, but also in the city um, and throughout the world. So yeah. well, just to piggyback off that, someone told us this great illustration of when a baby is born, it is born with all the vital organs. So what in your church is a value or a vital organ that you want to start with? And so one of those things for us was generosity. And so from the start, no matter how small it was, we wanted to have a lifestyle yeah. Of generosity and so that's why we did that yeah it's amazing it's a pillar right yeah, yeah and good. it's a calling mm-hmm. let's talk about that calling so I, I've heard a little bit about your story mm-hmm. um, but I think what our audience wants to know is why Los Angeles uh, you, you both didn't grow up here mm-hmm. but um, what what got you both out here from I think you get both came from the Central Valley mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I mean I don't want to talk too much about Vegas too but all of that played a huge part in this mission of finally getting here to LA, you know, from the beginning, even from LA, what we, one of the main words for us was yes. Whenever God said to go, we just said yes. So from Vegas to the Central Valley, I remember leaving there, we were walking out. If you don't know the story of Sarah and Abraham, you know, when God told them to go, they just said yes. And they went, even though they didn't know, and they didn't understand where they were actually heading to. So that's what we said. We said yes to the Central Valley. So we got hired there. Mm-hmm. And then from there, that's where the Lord was started to actually build, build something us, um, in us, in our heart about launching this church. But it was more so, we like to say we had a, uh, we, we felt like the Lord was giving us a different expression of what mm-hmm. church looked like mm-hmm. in the Central Valley more flavorful is that a right <laughs> word to say you know <laughs> go ahead you can continue well the we we feel like god because obviously we are not both the same race if you didn't tell <laughs> tell and so god wanted us to start a church that was for every race for every age every walk of life and so we didn't know los angeles at the time but when god placed the dream to launch a new church we started praying, well, where? Where are we going? And so we literally looked online for what are the 10 hardest to reach cities in America because we wanted to go to a place that wasn't in the habit of going to church. And so we started praying. We actually visited a bunch of the cities on our list. Yeah, so we visited San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We went to Vegas. You know, we were about to head to New York. Mm-hmm. We went further so- south in SoCal. We were like, Lord, actually, let me just say this. It was my wife's fault. She she specifically said this. Uh-oh, now she's, we're getting to the bottom you of know this. What I'm she it's said, always their fault. <laughs> yeah, you know, tell me more. You know what I mean? Genesis talked about Eve, how it was her <laughs> fault. You know? It's biblical. It's biblical. This is rooted. Right, deep right. rooted. Exactly. You know, but seriously, she this is her exact words. She said, Lord, send me, send us to a difficult city. And that's what that was her exact words. 
And little did we know, <laughs> God, we were coming to L.A. during a pandemic. But yeah. I interrupt you in your That's okay. finished sentence. Yeah, so, so we literally, we just drove to SoCal. This is how ignorant we were. Mm-hmm. We did not know the difference between, like, L.A. County and uh-huh. Orange County. And there's Huge. a big difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We thought Disneyland was in Los Angeles. <laughs> we thought they were all together, like, Disneyland, <laughs> yeah. the Hollywood stars. Yeah. Everybody yeah. thinks so. Oh, yeah. It's Dodgers <laughs> or Angels. <laughs> I really Dodgers. thought it was. It's Dodgers. It's Dodgers. It's always Dodgers. But the, um, so we just started driving down here, and we it wasn't like nobody came up to us with like, this is the spot. God didn't come in the burning mm-hmm. bush. It was just a still peace that God yeah. gave us that we didn't feel anywhere else. When we came here, we literally drove but around But come on. I mean, like, let's be real. Like, there was no fear involved there? Oh, like, yeah. Was it just... Stillness, no. calmness, mm. like well, what, what, what were some of the the trialing things that you felt inside when you saw the reality mm-hmm. of LA? Because mm-hmm. yeah, you talk about kind of how big it is, mm-hmm. but when you come to LA, you especially during a pandemic, yeah, you're you're seeing things that you hear about, but now it's real. Yeah, what happened in that moment? Well, I think there was a lot of fears involved, especially we had decided LA before the pandemic hit, so we had to kind of. decide again not that we ever said oh are we gonna go but it was like okay there's a pandemic now there's all these things happening are we still going and we said yes we're still gonna go so we sold our house because obviously the finances are the the cost of living in LA is very expensive Mm -hmm. so I don't know if you know this LA is the seventh most expensive city to live in the entire world and so moving from Vegas to the Central Valley it's a little more expensive, but LA is a whole nother world. So we we went from like a four bedroom home in a nice suburb area to a two bedroom apartment. And so like that alone, we have three kids, like wow. three little creatures roll, rolling around. Like this is difficult. And so David had to get a job. Like all these things were um, uh, a fear, I guess you could say. But it was like one of those things where like, okay, but did God call us here? Did God say to go? And we believe he did. And we knew that Okay, if he called us, then he was going to provide. Yeah, well, you know, that's something we tell our kids all the time. Like, just because you have courage, person with courage doesn't mean they're not fearful. Yeah. It just means I'm moving ahead, you know. I'm just I'm just trusting in what, what I'm trusting in the Lord's promises. And that's important to know because we don't want, we don't want, we don't ever want our congregation, people who come into church to think, oh, David and Randall, they got it all together. They have no fear, which is completely false. You know, I'm like, no, we have fear. We just trust him. We just trust and stand on his word. In fact, during the pandemic, before we even moved to L.A., I remember reading Genesis chapter 26. Mm -hmm. This is an important scripture verse because in Genesis chapter 26, it was God who told Isaac to go to Egypt to plant during a time of famine. And he says, he tells Isaac, I'm going to bless you 100 fold. And, and it was so important for us to read that because it, it, had, it reminded us that it wasn't us, it was always him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because the moment we thought, think it's in our strength, that we stopped relying on his strength. So it was our strength, that, or not our strength, but it was his strength that, that we came in. So we said, we're going to stand on his word. His word says this, he can do it for Isaac, he's going to do it for us. So we came during a pandemic, selling our house, not knowing anything. Not com- knowing anyone. Not knowing anyone. Not having a building, nothing. It was like, wow, this is that much per square foot? You're talking about $5 per square foot for every building? Wow, 2,000 square foot is $10,000-something well, dollars, the, you know? But The template for, like, church planting is you rent a school out. Well, mm-hmm. all the schools, because of COVID, were closed. They wouldn't even talk to us. And so then, then the next game plan is rent a theater. 
And so the first theater I called in LA quoted us at $50,000 for one day, wow. for one event. And I said, oh, shoot. We're, this is not regal cinemas. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like so, so it was just such a like shell shock for all those things, and those were struggles. And so, I mean, it took us ten months yeah. to find a location. So, so talk to us about that. Um, so a lot of people would have given up by then, right? Yeah. yeah. You're in a new town. You see the reality. You see how expensive it is. Mm-hmm. The economy's tanking during mm-hmm. that year. Yeah. Um, how did we get to launch? <laughs> Well, because it's a lot. <laughs> well, look, okay, let's talk about the realness here, yeah. right? We're, we're being real us, here at this table. <laughs> well, let's just say, you know, when I when I read the book of Psalms, David is not in there going, wow, God is so good. No, he is seriously He's like, bad. he yeah. is, it's bad. So many times in the book of Psalms, he is like giving his heart out, crying to God, complaining, just just mad at times. And I kid you not, that's where we were at. <laughs> we still mo- we kept moving forward as David did. He just mm-hmm. kept moving forward, or like, but it wasn't like we weren't frustrated because well, they from, were. Yeah, from August till December, nothing happened. Like, I oh, mean, yeah. the 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 news was saying, "Don't meet your neighbor, <laughs> don't say hello." And we're like, "Don't meet us." Could <laughs> <laughs> like, anybody like, talk to like, us? Like, no. Halloween was canceled. Yeah, like all these things. Yeah, our plan was basically thrown out the door. Out the yeah. window. The plan was go meet everybody, just have this, go to the coffee shop, invite yeah. people to your house, da da da. Scratch. We tried. You know? We tried the plan. Like we invited our neighbors to our house, and it was like, well, there's COVID though. Why would we come to your house? And it was like, ah, like, and not to say anything against that, but it was so frustrating. And so I was like, but I'll open the window. Like, I'll keep the, the door open. But it was just, it was really hard. Yeah. And so I think it was, we really had to scrap the plan, even though it was a good plan, and like, just pray we did a lot of prayer we did prayer walks so we literally circled a spot in la that we felt like was god's will and we didn't we didn't know for sure we just felt like we did a demographic study and mid wilshire at the time was the most diverse neighborhood in la it's like that's where we want to go and so we circled it and we literally did prayer walks around it let's talk about that diversity Mm -hmm. really quickly so you're in mid wilshire Mm -hmm. koreatown Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of different demos there obviously nuestra comunidad is Mm -hmm. there as well how's that been trying to connect in a time like Mm -hmm. you said where we're not supposed to be connecting with people we don't know has it been hard for not only you both but probably other church entities as well who are trying to minister and are trying to impact yeah oh it's been extremely extremely difficult you know but i think we as a church uh, and i'm talking about not the small small c church i'm talking about the big c church i think the big c church had to get back to the basics of what christianity was you know it's it's about the people christ didn't come christ came for the people that's who he died for so we had to get that in our mindset like or we had to change our mindset from the way we used to do church which was in the central valley which was hey everybody you build the church everybody's going to come and then we decided we need to go to the people so how did we do that i mean we just we decided we're just going to go one-on-one we're going to be the nicest neighbors in our apartment we could possibly be that's what we're going to be like in fact let me tell you a quick story like we really believed that that whatever god put in our hand that's what he was going to bless sort of like abraham not abraham but moses you know moses when Moses was confused of what, who, that he was called by God, God's like, what's in your hand? I have a staff. This is what I was going to use. So in our apartment, I had no, I don't know how to play tennis, but I, we figured we had a tennis court, so we're going to go buy tennis rackets, and we're going to go on that tennis court every day with my kids, and we're, we're going to pray and hope to God yeah. someone comes outside. 
I'm going to go on YouTube and learn how to play tennis <laughs> just for that very reason because I feel wow. like Lord is calling us yeah. there and whatever he puts in my hands I'm going to use. Well, we went and out If anything there. it's a good source of exercise. <laughs> You're darn right it is, you know? Right. And I got in shape because of that, you know? Hey, you look good. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. You too, man. I've been hearing you work it out, you know? But, but we went out there, and I kid you not, a week later, this boy, his mom from Mongolia, he's on the third floor. He's like, hey, what's you guys? What's your name? And we started telling him our name. We said, why don't you come down and play with us? So my son was there. We started playing tennis with him. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, we went to a church in Orange, Orange County. We invited him to my son's birthday. And just a week, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. we invited him to church when we launched or, uh, during a uh, uh, Halloween service. And then two weeks ago, mm-hmm. he actually texted, used, used his mom's phone, texted my wife and said, are you guys going to church? And he asked us if, you, if he could, we could take him to church. All because of that one wow. chance moment last mm-hmm. year when I said, when we said, Let's go buy some tennis rackets. I had no clue what I'm doing, but I just want to meet people. I'm going to use whatever God's put in my hand. That means if it's a, it's a talent, it's a voice, it's, a, it's like what you're doing right now, you're a communicator, you're an influencer, you're going to use that for his glory. And that's what we did. I didn't care what it was. I'm, I was going to use well, it. Another lesson I would say we learned is like, so that seed was planted back in September yeah. of 2020. And two weeks ago, I really felt like we got to see something happening. He Mm -hmm. asked uh, one of our teachers at the Heart LA, like, um, something about prayer. And they were learning about how you can always talk to God, like, no matter what. And he said, yeah, because God loves us. Mm -hmm. This Mongolian kid who has no family history in Christianity or church. and But that was over a year ago. And so a lesson I feel like we've learned as well is... Like, you got to be in it for the long game. Yeah. Like, if you're going to do work for the Lord, if you're going to see transformation happen, if we're going to see transformation take place in Los Angeles, you have to be committed to the long game. It's usually not quick and insta fame. It's it's in for the long game. It's planting seeds. And so when we moved here, that's what we said. We want to go somewhere that we're going to die. We're going to go somewhere that we can root for the city. We can root for the Dodgers. I'm going to root for the Dodgers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, not, not the Dodgers. Hopefully not die right away. Just later. Not dying, all inspiration. God's plan, right? Amen. Right. Amen to that. Misinterpretation often people have is like, oh, you're Christian or you're involved with God's plan. Everything's gonna go perfect. Yeah. But no, God's plan involves trials, tribulations, yeah. times mm-hmm. uh, where you're you're down in the dumps. You're dark. It's mm-hmm. dark. People are around you. They're surrounding you. And they're trying to destroy you. But it's your faith in God that mm-hmm. takes you outside of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. The Heart of LA launched right here in Los Angeles. If you're listening. Got to check out their congregation. Right. I still got to go, <laughs> yeah. but I promise you I will because it's, it's it's awesome to hear the heart of God with the team that I see right here. Yeah. And I know that um, that impact, even though you didn't see it immediately, that's already ripple effect into so many others. My question to you is launched. Now where do you hope God takes the heart of LA mm-hmm. within these next couple of years? Yeah. Well, we've, that's something we've definitely been praying, I mean, a lot about. We've been asking God, what are those things or what are those areas? What are those ministries? What are those organizations that you would love for us to support? Because there's, there's a reason why we called ourselves the Heart of LA. It wasn't the heart of our church. It wasn't the heart of me and Randall. It was based on the heart of God himself. It was based on the Father's heart. And yeah. when you think about the Father's heart, he talks about being the father to the fatherless. 
he's a defender of the widows throughout the throughout the bible he's constantly talking about that like i am the father to the father the same why is he talking about himself like that because there's so many names of god right jehovah jireh god is my provider but the father is so unique because that's when i think about me and my son you know i'm like i love my kids i'll die for my kids and that's who god is in of himself in and of itself so like for us a huge um, area that we feel moved in is like single parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, I grew up with a single mom myself, you know, growing up in Hawaii. I mean, it's just a huge part. I see the difficulty um, for a single mom. You know, families, huge part for us. Mm-hmm. Um, human trafficking. Mm-hmm. Um, my Randall mentioned this before. I mean, the job I got when I came here was at Zoe International. And maybe mm-hmm. many people on this podcast probably know about Zoe International, phenomenal organization. And that's something we want to be a part of, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I know there's some more of that. So if you want to. Yeah, I would say, David, that what he said was so good about the heart of our church. And so um, tangibly, I would say, I mean, in the next five years, we want to see our church grow. We believe that the more, um, people that attend our church, the more influence our church can have in our neighborhood. And so we want to see our neighborhood transform for Jesus. I want to see kids coming to church from our neighborhood. I want to see kids at my my kids' school getting saved because it seems like none of them go to church. And so we want to see our, our church where it's at grow, but we want to see different expressions of the Heart LA throughout Los Angeles because there's so many neighborhoods in LA that don't have a church that don't have a community that they can go to and hear about God and grow and so whether that's more campuses in LA or other cities we don't know yet but we know that God is going to grow this church and and he's already doing it and people are getting saved and um, I want to make a difference in people's lives I want to see people receive Jesus and so one story I just want to share I have a friend who um, has been being discipled and coming to our church and I don't know if she's saved yet but we believe discipleship begins at hello so as soon as you meet someone you can start discipling them it doesn't have to be as soon as they raise their hand for Jesus in a church setting but um she ended up getting pregnant and and wasn't going to keep it and she went to to three different appointments with Planned Parenthood to get it terminated and for whatever reasons she couldn't do it didn't happen and I just we kept praying for her and there was actually a couple in our church that was willing to adopt the baby. Like, Hey, you don't have to do it, but we'll take it. And a bunch of people like rallied around her and just supporting, like it's, it's not enough to just say, don't, don't have a abortion, but like to actually help someone through that process. And so she decided to keep it. And I was just like, so amazed at God because everything pointed to that. She was going to, she was going to terminate it three times at Planned Parenthood. She got basically turned down. And I just told her, like, we are here for you. We support you. Whatever you need, like, we will help you. And I was, me and David were talking about this. I said, we did not save that baby. God saved that baby. Man. Our church wasn't, didn't get the victory. But our church gets to be a part of that baby's story. Man. And Man. I want to see more stories like that happen. I want to see more lives saved. I want to see transformation take place. And I believe that girl is going to get saved. She's going to give her heart to Jesus. And that baby is going to know Jesus as he or she grows up. So. Amen. That was good. Amen. Wow, what do you appreciate? You know? She's good. Yeah, that, that's so powerful because you often don't see the end of that, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the instrument being used initially there. Yeah. So right now in Los Angeles, uh, obviously you've noticed this. We're suffering from um, definitely a homeless population that yeah. continues to grow. And you've seen that all over, mm-hmm. like, especially where, where you both mm-hmm. are located. Uh, how has that impacted the way that you want to impact um, help 
that sector of our community? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we've been r- truly wrestling with that because mm-hmm. we've seen it since we were in the Central Valley. We've seen it in San Francisco. San Francisco has a huge homeless population, just very similar to L.A., you know. Um, I mean, in fact, it's probably equal when you think about it from Skid Row to San Francisco. So we've been looking at looking at organizations that we could truly support, you know, because our infrastructure right now, even at the Heart of Lace being so new, we we wouldn't necessarily be able to support them like at the church, but I know there are organizations that we would love to support. So we're actually praying about this and asking God and asking ourselves as a church, like what can we specifically do for for the homeless population? A friend once told us she she is not one to give a hand out, but she wants to give a hand up. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge. Th- I remember her saying that to us and went, "Well, that's I love that statement because we don't." I don't, I'm not necessarily, I'm not against giving out charity, but I want to see someone take the next step beyond that than just saying, here's your food for your day. That's just going to last you for the day, but no more. I want, I'm praying about giving someone something that's going to last even longer than that. So when Christ gave salvation, he offered himself and he says, look, this is something I'm going to give you that's going to last forever. Mm -hmm. You know, what people can offer you today is only going to last temporarily. But I want to give you something that lasts forever. So besides Jesus, which is the most important thing we want to offer people, like that's going to last forever. We... We're going to take that template and take that that example that Christ gave us and said, okay, what can we give people that can actually give them a hand up, that they can continue growing? You know, we're looking at, because we, we have a couple homeless people yeah. <laughs> around our area. It's got one guy's named Scott, and I'm talking to him all the time. I'm like, I don't feel like the Lord wants to be on the street. Mm-hmm. I really don't. You can tell me all about your bad, how bad your life is, but I truly don't believe what this is what the Lord wants you to do. I think he wants you to do better than this. And what can we do to get you off the streets? Because that's the key. I need you to get up. One, get off the drugs, let's get off the streets, and let's get yourself working and on a stable path to be a, a person in society to can actually contribute to this city, you know? Wow. Uh, thank you both for sharing uh, your hearts. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Your hearts, the heart of lay. That's right. Uh, the impact you're currently doing in the community. I look forward, right, George, in <laughs> four or five years uh, to see how much God has grown that dream and that vision yeah but also what we're really hoping and george can support me in this is that you tr- both truly turn into dodgers fans. <laughs> yes and if they're not you gotta hide it real well if you want to live out I here i mean everything was good on this podcast yeah. except for for that answer no but he said warriors that was the struggle well, right? i mean that well, obviously dodgers lakers king listen like that listen the, the trifecta we have a Dodgers hat. I do. I do. I have my LA hat. I should have worn we it. We went you know? to a Dodgers game. You know, I, I used to, I, look, I, I, can I confess my sentence to you? You know, <laughs> I, I used to be a bandwagon. I jumped on every bandwagon possible. If the Warriors was winning, well, that's my team. Las Vegas. Yeah. So in Las Vegas, they never used to they have a team. team. So yeah. you just, whoever's winning. Yeah, who's winning this year? I'm like, Darren, I'm a San Antonio fan today, you know? But now but I'm, now a, we have I'm a an team. L.A. fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, the, as long as you don't say, A, the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bad word in this office. Um, <laughs> blessings. Thank that's you. all I really Thank have you. to say to end this. Blessings to you both. Blessings to your family. Those are listening right now, if you're not inspired, a family to come out. They are parents as well of three uh, beautiful children. And to hear the heart, the sacrifice, often if you're not in faith-based ministry, it's okay. What you can take away from this is if, let's say, you're professional, your career, whatever, wherever you are in life, 
oftentimes we get busy with the day-to-day that we forget that those small actions add up to so much impact. And that's really what this podcast is for, but also this amazing couple. Where can people follow uh, The Heart LA online? Sure, they can uh, check us out on our website at theheart.cc, theheart.cc, or just follow our handle at theheartla. Amazing. Thank you both, pastors. Thank you both for listening to Outside the Box, Second Take. George, are you enjoying this season? Yes, I am. We've had some, uh, <laughs> sorry, I was falling out of my chair, but uh, 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 we've had uh-oh. some great guests. Got him. And there's more to come, so stay tuned. Follow us on Spotify, Outside the Box, Second Take. For other pastors who are listening to this, we're praying for you. We support you in a time period where everybody loves to criticize. We're here to pray for you. We're here to expand your vision. So make sure to share this podcast. See you next time.